Welcome to the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, Pete Cox, and I'm riding solo here today, but shout out to the crew and everybody out there on this wonderful Memorial Day weekend here in the U.S. Hope that y'all had a great weekend and are enjoying some cookouts. As the unofficial kickoff of the summer season kicks off today, and we know that the pools are opening up right there. Everyone help you got some vacations lined up. Your boy had some vacation lined up, just got back from Jamaica. Me and the lady went and had a great vacation. So I hope everyone has some time lined up. And of course, the kids, school's coming up. Hope you guys have had a great school year and that you continue to stay safe and that you have a safe summer as well. Want to give a shout out to all the fans out there stateside and worldwide for continuing to support your boy and also support the show. Guys, thank you so much for continuing to support us. Even in the week when we didn't have an episode, you guys showed love and continued to spread the word. And we had lots of downloads, even in a time of no activity. So thank you all for continuing to support the show and keep spreading the word out there. There's a lot of people out there who have still not heard about the show. And if you like it, golden rule of the internet is you share it with somebody. And of course, Make sure you all are rating and reviewing us. You can visit us on the website at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. You can see the catalog there. Rate, review the show, and also leave us a voice note, the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner. As we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or NBTC. And today, we have an artist that is a lightning rod in the hip-hop community. And one of his albums actually that is his most successful one to date. And we're going to take you back to May 26, 2002, 20 years ago. And we're looking at the fourth studio album by none other than Eminem, the Eminem show released on shady aftermath interscope records recorded between 2001 and 2002 recorded at encore studio in Burbank, California at Eminem's house in Detroit, where he had a studio and then 54 Sound in Ferndale, Michigan. The runtime, 77 minutes and 19 seconds. The producers on this, uh, Eminem mostly produced a good portion of this himself, along with longtime collaborators Jeff Bass and Louis Resto. Production on this also by Dr. Dre and Mr. Porter. There were five singles from the Eminem show. The first one, Without Me, released May 14, 2002. Cleaning Out My Closet, July 16, 2002. Superman, released January 27, 2003. Sing for the Moment, February 25, 2003. And Business, released July 22, 2003. Now, this was the follow-up to Eminem's third album, The Marshall Mathers LP. Came out in 2000. We did a review for that a couple of years ago. And it was released right around the same time, right around the end of May, heading into the summer Around that time in 2000, the Marshall Mathers LP was a huge hit. Sold over 10 million copies with certified diamond. I think it was 11 times platinum now worldwide. I think it sold over 22 million copies. It was an insanely, insanely popular album. One that helped make Eminem a global superstar. 
And in the two years since the Marshall Mathers LP dropped, there were a lot of things that happened. Uh, Eminem definitely continued his hot streak. Um, he brought out his groups, groups like D12, where people were introduced to folks like Obi Trice and Proof. Also featured on a number of different songs. And he was getting into what was going to be his biggest year yet, heading into 2002. Now, there was a lot of things that happened in regards to the Marshall Mathers LP. And that was preceded with the Slim Shady LP. Those two albums, which introduced everyone to Eminem largely at the end of the last millennium into this millennium, where the shock value is really what got Eminem to the top of the charts. And the fact that a lot of people will also argue the fact that he was produced by Dr. Dre and that he was white, (laughs) but the shock factor of the things that were coming out of his mouth, the subject matter, a lot of the things he was saying, very explicit. It was, it was there for shock value. Of course, he was very controversial on both of those albums, but they were huge hits. And what happened is there was a lot of things going on in M's life. You know, of course, there were a lot of things, some legal problems, problems that were unveiled in regards to things with his mother and then also with this child's mother, Kim Scott, who eventually became his wife and then eventually ex-wife. And then, of course, the story about his daughter, Haley, who um, featured into this album as well, but became a central part of the early part of Eminem's career as he discussed his journey of being her father, raising her despite the fact of problems with her mother and the turmoil that he had in his life as a child with his family. Heading into the Eminem show, he had a lot of other turmoil in his personal life. Um, There were things, of course, more drama with his family, especially with his mother, accusations that were made. Think at this time him and Kim were together, but then they were breaking up again. So that sort of on again, off again thing. Obviously, we know about the song that was on the Marshall Mathers LP that was named Kim, which was absolutely insane in regards to how over the top it was. But yeah, they had broken up and there were a lot of things going on. He wanted to put out this album and he really wanted to grab the reins production wise and really drive this album creatively. He definitely did. We mentioned that, of course, Dr. Dre appears on this album as a featured artist, but also produces a couple of tracks. But Eminem definitely does the heavy lifting production wise on this. He said that he decided to name the album The Eminem Show based on an inspiration from the 98 film The Truman Show, which featured Jim Carrey. And that featured Jim Carrey as a character who is living inside of a television show and his life is broadcast to viewers around the world who are watching it like a television show. And he said that he felt like his life was becoming a circus around that time. And he felt like he was always being watched. Everything that he was doing was being put underneath a microscope, just like Jim Carrey's character was on a Truman show. It's interesting because he speaks about that a few times in this album about how his life is constantly under scrutiny and especially what the broader society tried to make what his lyrics and his standing in rap and hip hop did to the kids of America. And he definitely also addresses that here on this album with the Eminem show. First thoughts and reflections. So personally, this album came out right around my sophomore year at Morgan. And I remember the end of that spring was absolutely crazy. There was a lot of music coming out around that time. And this was right around the time you felt like that soundtrack to the summer was starting to set itself in place. So as you're packing up, getting ready to go home and you're, you know, got all the things together, you want to, you know, get home and start looking for work and then figuring out what your friends are doing for the summertime. And 
you know, the radio is starting to build out the hits that you know is going to be on the cookout, especially those Memorial Day cookouts heading into the summer. So first hearing this album, obviously the first single that I think that I heard was the Without Me. And that was a little weird to me because it was kind of like, uh, I don't really know what M's doing here, you know, because that that single kind of like caught me because the beat was sort of up tempo and, you know, it seemed like a very quirky song. And I was just like, I don't know if, if M's going to pop or what he's doing or anything. But either way, I wasn't really impressed by that. But I do remember a friend of mine's who was a huge, huge Eminem fan and knew about him way before the Slim Shady LP because he was digging on the internet about all the things he heard about Eminem through the Rap Olympics. And then, of course, the EP, the Slim Shady EP, he heard that before the LP. So he had known about Eminem before any of the hype and hoopla started right around February, March of 99 when he became huge. But he had this album when it came out. And I remember one day we were coming home from work and he hit me up and was like on the cell and was like, yo, man, yo, we need to hear this M album. And I'm like, cool. So at this time, I'm working for FedEx and I'm working the graveyard shift. So he calls me like, I don't know, nine o'clock in the morning when I'm coming home from FedEx. I'm going to go home and lay down. I'm like, all right, well, look, I'm not doing anything later on this afternoon. After you get off from work, come through. Let's ride around, smoke a couple and listen to it. You know, that's what we used to do back then. So he comes and picks me up and we go ahead and throw the joint in and uh, off the break. I'm listening to the album and I'm just like, all right, man, this is wow. You know, just off the top, listening to the first few tracks, you're kind of set aback because of what he addresses literally right out of the break. And then I knew then that I was listening to an Eminem and I was like, you know what? This is a little bit different. This is not going to be the Marshall Mathers or Slim Shady LPs at all whatsoever. This is going to be something that. <laughs> that really is where I mean to take from one of the songs and his album is cl really cleaning out his closet I mean what I heard from Eminem on this album as we started to go through it and we're riding around obviously we're smoking and then what I'm getting from a lot of the lyrics and from the songs is just like yo this is a different M like I don't know if it was the success and I think to me I thought it was sort of saying like you know Oh, this is the success and what the pressures of success mean. And part of this is him really being honest, open, and I would say personal to his, with his fans as far as what it was he was going through. And I think that M never really had a problem expressing that. I mean, you hear that on songs, especially on the Marshall Mathers LP, where he talks about on the way that I am about open with the struggles that he has, especially when it comes to the struggles of fame and the struggles, you know, that he deals with internally. But I, I felt this was a lot more personal. And while they didn't have the outlandish theatrics that the first two albums that I had, my first two, I mean, I know the infinite was his debut in 96, but I really look at the Slim Shady LP and Marshall Mathers LP really as the debut in the second album. But when I heard those albums, there was a lot of theatrics there. Obviously, the whole Slim Shady alter ego, but this was not Slim Shady at all. I mean, you can see some little it's, bits and pieces of that Slim Shady alter ego throughout this, but not really. This is this is really, for the most part, is Marshall. And while the uh, previous album was called the Marshall Mathers LP, uh, you could honestly say that this was 
probably the Marshall Mathers LP two, even though there is an album that he came out with called the Marshall Mathers LP two later on in his career. But I mean, to me, this is sort of like Marshall and I think he's very honest about where he is and what, how he figures, not just in the hip hop, but also into society. And what I think he does here is he not only sort of holds a mirror up to himself, but he kind of holds a mirror up to everybody else in regards to think that he has all this power and influence over their children and kids and society. But then I, it's kind of weird because I feel like he also knows the responsibility that he has knowing that a lot of this is based on one who produces him and two, and probably bigger than that, the color of his skin. And I'll get into that a little bit later in regards to my notable quotable because I wanted to pick this one because I'm on hip-hop Twitter all the time. And I think one of the more polarizing figures on hip-hop Twitter is definitely Eminem. And, you know, you have fanatics out there all the time. I mean, people are going to ride for their folks, especially on social media. But I feel like with Eminem, his fans definitely ride for him. And because he's had been so successful and because of all the struggles he's gone through and the things that we've known about him... There are, there's a little bit more of a debate in regards to people know about his standing. Some people would think that it's only because he's white he has this, but some folks also, you know, criticize his talent, especially post-2007 and 8, i.e. after he became clean at what his music sounded like. But I don't think that's a fair conversation. I mean, I really do. I do think no matter what, that he's in the conversation of folks when we talk about the best of all time, even if you just talk about record sales and we know we cannot base everything just on record sales but the man's talent is also undeniable as well i mean you take the fact that he started just as a rapper didn't know how to produce learned how to produce and not only produce for himself but in the other artists and then he also gave other artists a platform as well and that led into later on this year which would become a monster couple of years for both shady and aftermath in regards to not only what dre did but what eminem did and what the people underneath of him did as well Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Highlights and lowlights. So my highlights and lowlights on the Eminem show. So off the break, this is one of those albums I kind of take and I put into like two categories, the first half and the second half. Like if this was a cassette tape, you were looking at side A and side B. So off the break, you sort of get into off, off of it. White America to me as telling as a song and an interesting choice to sort of start your album with, but an interesting choice that he chose White America to open up his album. And those being really the first words that you hear. <laughs> it really is a powerful song. It's something that when you listen to it in the lyrics itself, telling the story of basically what it is he's going through about what White America pretty much thinks about him. It really is an interesting choice, but I applaud him for picking that song and starting it with that. There are some monster songs, obviously, on this album, especially in the first half. Uh, Clean It Out My Closet. Everybody knows that one. That is one of M's biggest hits. It also is one of his more personal ones because he talks directly about all the problems he dealt with. His father, his mother, the problems in particular about with his mother in that last verse where he tells him that basically your granddaughter's not even going to be at your funeral and I hope you burn in hell for it. Very, very personal. Like, this is Marshall. 
Another underrated song on this to me, I think I love is Square Dance. And I love this beat. And another thing as well, for those of y'all who listen to this, did you catch the disc with cannabis? <laughs> did you catch the disc with cannabis? Now, we all know now that cannabis and M had a beef with each other. And it's kind of easy to tell why. I mean, they kind of, when you talk about super lyrical people, you have two of the biggest super lyrical guys in the game right there going against each other. I think when you get to the next other highlights as well in the first half, Soldier and then Say Goodbye Hollywood, which Say Goodbye Hollywood is something that I've heard quite a bit. I remember in particular for hearing this song was the song that they used at the end of Alpha Dog, the movie, which was uh, featuring Emil Hirsch and Justin Timberlake and a few other famous people that you know now, the movie that was based off of Jesse James Hollywood. When you get to the second half of the album, you sort of then also have some other big songs. Um, A lot of folks will criticize Sing for the Moment because it takes that sample from the famous Aerosmith classic, Dream On. And some folks will criticize that, but I think this is actually one of my favorite songs on the album. Uh, Superman, obviously, is a highlight as well. That is one of the singles and another big, big Eminem song, and that became a big hit. And for some folks I know that aren't even Eminem fans, They actually like this song as well. Heading into a little bit later, obviously, Mammoth Man, the song on here, Till I Collapse with Nate Dogg, which wasn't even a single on this album, but it's probably one of his biggest songs out there. It's a song that folks use in sports games. I've seen boxers and MMA fighters use this as a walk-up song. I've heard baseball players use this as a walk-up song, and it's featuring Nate Dogg, the late, great Nate Dogg. I mean, in the way that he sings this hook, like the only way that Nate Dogg can kill a hook, man, that's it's I don't know, really know what else to say about it. But another underrated song on here for me is Say What You Say, which is Doc, featuring Dr. Dre. And it was kind of good to hear Dre and M on a track together. Every time they've been on the track with each other, I felt like they have pretty good chemistry with each other. But Dre produced that as well. I thought an interesting song was My Dad's Gone Crazy with Haley. It's mm, I, I think I probably could have done without that. And now I'll get into my lowlights. I wouldn't say the drips is a low light in particular. I think Obi has a chance to shine on this, but um, <laughs> it's an interesting topic in particular. So I don't want to say necessarily that it's it's a low light. I just will say that it's it's something that uh, <laughs> it makes you laugh a little bit. It definitely does make me laugh just a little bit. I'm not really a big fan of Without Me. As I mentioned to y'all, that was the first song that I heard leading into this album. I know some folks like Haley's song, um, but I'm not really a big fan of that either because M's singing on most of this and he does have a, a portion where he raps, but uh, I'm not really a fan. Now, <laughs> I'm going to get into this next one when it comes to track number 16. Uh, when the Music Stops featuring D12. Now, I know this is really messed up, but I've never been a fan really of D12 as a unit. Not at all. I mean, <laughs> to me... I I just could never really get into them uh, that much. And uh, I really, this is a song that doesn't change that (laughs) at all. It doesn't change it at all. Not at all. But, um, and then, like I said, my dad's gone crazy. I'm not really a, a huge fan of that one either. The skits on here, the skits on here are a little bit different because you get some really entertaining and funny skits on the Slim Shady and Marshall Mather LPs. These ones here, they kind of don't serve too big of a purpose. Like the Rosenberg sketch is telling him not to shoot his gun in the air. And then the Steve Berman one, he shoots him. It's like, uh, I don't really know. And then the last one, the last skit is with Ken Kniff. 
on there just saying uh, anyway it's just to me uh, the skits I'm not really a big fan of those either I think the skits were better on the first two albums so the low lights on here for me really just to recap I would have to say definitely without me probably Haley's song definitely when the music stops and I would say probably as well my dad's gone crazy so out of those I pretty much and the skits obviously too mm, I'm not really feeling those joints either. And this is a long album, 77 minutes and 19 seconds. And it kind of makes me feel that if they would have trimmed this down, maybe to under 70 minutes or probably right around that 60, 65 minute range, this would be awesome. Like almost incredible, an incredible album. I mean, I think that what he's done on this so far, but these lowlights for me is just kind of like, they muddy the waters a little bit. So that's just the way that I feel about it. Notable quotables. So my notable quotables actually, as I mentioned and I referenced it earlier, was White America, which is the second track, the opening track on this album. And I'm going to go to his second verse. It goes, look at these eyes, baby blue, baby just like yourself. Or they were brown, shady blue, shady sits on the shelf. But Shady's cute. Shady knew Shady's dimples would help. McLady swoon, baby. Ooh, baby, look at my sales. Let's do the math. If I was black, I would have sold half. I ain't have to graduate from Lincoln High School to know that. But I could rap. So fuck school. I'm too cool to go back. Give me the mic. Show me where the fucking studio's at. Help them get back to the top. Every fan black that I got was probably as an exchange for every white fan that he's got. Like, damn, we just swapped sitting back looking at shit. Wow, like my skin is supposed to start working. Look at these eyes, baby blue, baby just like yourself. If they were brown, shady blue, shady sits on the shelf. But shady's cute, shady new, shady's dimples would help. But lady swoon, baby, ooh, baby, look at my sales. Let's do the math. If I was black, I would have sold half. I ain't have to graduate from Lincoln High School to know that. But I could rap, so fuck schools, I'm too cool to go black. Give me the mic, show me where to go. I'm too cool to go back. Give me the mic, show me where the fucking studio's at. I mean, it's <laughs> self-explanatory right there. I mean, this whole verse uh, kind of just, to me, I give him props for letting him know, like, hey, I know that if I was black, I wouldn't sell half the records I would sell. Y'all really wouldn't give a shit about the shit that I was saying. But I know that, and I recognize the fact, and I know what the game is. I know that my skin gives me an advantage. I know that this killer of my skin gives me an advantage. And I give him props for a release admitting that, definitely. But heading into a little bit more about this album. Now, this was a massive hit. We want to talk about in regards to where this album was and the success that it had. This album opened up at number one, obviously, on the Billboard 200. Uh, sold 284,000 copies just on the first day. So just by taking that day, he topped the number one spot on the charts just from one day of sales, not even taking any other days into consideration. By the time a month had passed, they sold 3 million copies. About 11 years ago, on March 2011, it was certified as Diamond and has now sold 27 million copies worldwide. And by my count, unless I'm not looking at the calculations correctly, from what I understand, this might be the best hip-hop selling album of all time, and it definitely is M's best selling album of all time. Now, we talk about as well as the performance for an award season it was nominated for album of the year for the grammys it won the best rap album and it won a number of different awards outside of the grammys obviously because 
this was the biggest selling album of that year, period, of all genres, which is insane to think about. And this is how big of a star the Eminem became. And the bad part about it, he wasn't even done in 2002 <laughs> because he released a movie and then a soundtrack, which became massively huge later on that year, too, in 8 Mile. So 2002 definitely belonged to Eminem, and he had all the success he could handle and more. Final verdict. So now we determine what we think it is. Do we think it's a certified classic, borderline classic, classic just in its time, or not a classic at all? And a big part of me wants to say that this is a certified classic, just like the previous two albums in the Slim Shady and Marshall Mathers LP. But I will say by a hair, this is a borderline classic, only because there's a few other skips on here that I'm not really liking. The skits on here, to me, I think kind of bring this down just a little bit. I'm going to say it's a borderline classic. It's right there at the cusp of being a certified classic. It definitely is the biggest album of this year. You could make the argument that this is a certified classic, and if you do, I really wouldn't argue too hard with you. I just think for me, it's a borderline for me. Um, I think I do think it is incredible. I think that the the big big songs on here are huge in this catalog. You can't talk about Eminem in his catalog without talking about some of these songs. They're absolutely huge. But to me, I would say borderline classic. I'm gonna rate it a ten out of ten for a borderline classic, right there for me. I would have to say that it's right there for me. But this became one of the biggest albums of the decade. Like we said, it's M's biggest selling album. It definitely was an album that helped to make him one of the best-selling artists in the 2000s. And unfortunately for me, after this in 8 Mile, I think this is when things started to take a tumble for him. I think that creatively, after this, I mean, he still could rap, but the albums and the comp composition of the albums, they weren't as great as those three albums with Slim Shady, Marshall Mathers LP, and the Eminem show. I would say, though, definitely he was on a hot streak and he was just getting started in 2002 because he would have a monster movie and a monster soundtrack to follow up with it. So the Eminem show, y'all, here 20 years ago this past week. Make sure y'all go check it out. There also is a 20th anniversary release that Eminem released that is actually out there on all streaming platforms that he includes a number of different tracks, including instrumentals on many of the songs on here, including Business, Square Dance, Without Me, Sing for the Moment, Till I Collapse, Say What You Say, and Superman. And then also he has a couple of other freestyles. He has Bump Heads with G Unit, and then another for a couple other freestyles and a live performances as well. Just don't give a fuck. So make sure you check out that with the expanded edition out there on all platforms. The Eminem Show 20 years later. And that is going to wrap it up here on The Vault. Please make sure you are checking us out on our host on Red Circle. You can also visit us on vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. You can check out our back catalog, listen to all our episodes, rate the show, review it. Also, leave us a review and a note on the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner on the page. In the bottom left-hand corner, you'll see the coffee cup highlighted in yellow. That is our Buy Me a Coffee page. You can go there to support the show monetarily to make sure we can continue keeping the vault open and giving you the content that you know and love. You can also get to us on social media by visiting us at Vault Classic Pod on Instagram, at Vault Classic on Twitter, and on Facebook and YouTube by searching the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast. Like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, interact with us on social media. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. 
Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we'd like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you are never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.